Talk with Vicky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of HR Talk, Human Resource Talk. I'm JC, going across the bow. That's Ricky Bias in sunny Hello. Central Florida or California or wherever the hell he is. How you doing? Rick? I'm back in Florida right now. I'm back in the Sunshine State. Beautiful place, crazy people. Beautiful place with crazy people. But beyond that, it's time some for some uh, inspirational words from Ricky Bias. Hope <laughs> nobody in the audience. But I'm this good. time, inspirational words with Ricky Bias has to be done as a rap. Oh no, you did not. Keep padding. Hold on. Keep going. Hi. Inspirational words from Ricky Bias coming up momentarily. A little stage fright, huh? It's like standing at the urinal with the people at the urinal next to you. Kidding. Ricky Bias, what's going on with your inspirational words? Here we go. All right. Okay. Here we go. I need some inspiration. I'll drop a verse that's hot and slick Sometimes to uplift and make you tick Believe in yourself and chase your dreams Don't let anyone dim your beams Life may be tough and full of strife But don't ever give up up on that fight Rise up, hustle hard, and never quit And you'll find success that you won't commit Wow, that doesn't make sense So keep grinding and keep pushing And keep your head up and never cushion Because every obstacle can be overcome Just keep spitting fire and you're number one <laughs> Inspirational raps with Ricky Baez, our new no, segment here on the honest. program. So for, for anybody who has yet to have listened to the show, JC always brings up these uh, inspirational quotes that I have to do at different points of the show that I'm not ready for, especially today in a rap. So I quickly brought oh, up chat GPT. Hang on real quick. Quotes let you see life from another perspective. They can expand the mind and awareness. These are inspirational quotes. Let's kick you back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, your double shot today. We had the inspirational rap from Ricky Baez. Now the inspirational quote from Ricky Baez. Leadership. It's not about being in charge, but it's more about taking care of those in your charge. Simon Sinek. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Charge your no. employees on their credit cards. Charge their cards. <laughs> no, no, you did not hear that charge anywhere in the right. show. Ricky Baez, how you uh, doing? What's new in the world of HR by you? Oh, man. You know, I, I, I just, I'm back in the office. I've been traveling for quite a bit. I was up in Maryland last week, had a blast over in the Harassum Conference. Did you get a chance to in... meet Johnny Taylor while you were there? No, actually, he wasn't there for that one. Johnny's oh. going to be at the one later on this year in the, uh, in the, um, um, Southern Maryland Conference here coming up in October, which I'm also going to be up there for. But I just want to give a quick shout out to Aaron Emery and Shari. Arends and uh, Debbie Gray, David Wenrich, Marcia Chase, Kelly Williams, Christine Walters, man, it, it, it's John Mock and Teddy Kamenova. They are the folks who spoke at the event. They put the event together, had an absolute blast, and uh, hopefully we get some more pictures. You'll see all the pictures over on LinkedIn. That was up in Maryland. Dude, I've had the best, and I'm saying the best. Maryland Crab Cakes at Solomon's Islands. Hey, have you been there before? Did you stay at the same location and have the gumbo at all by chance? I heard the no, gumbo <laughs> in the area is no, no, to no, die no. for. You had crab no, cakes no gumbo there. Crab cakes. Yeah. Tell me about the crab over. cakes. Oh, brother. Let me tell you, I have never had better service than at this. Oh, God, I forgot the name of the restaurant over in Solomon's Island right there by Lexington in Maryland. And let me tell you amazing service amazing food i even got to see one of the best sunsets i have ever seen and i'm from florida it was absolutely gorgeous so thank you everybody up there for a great time 
What is that? <laughs> Man, and then... <laughs> then I got back. I, I drove up there uh, 12 hours. Enjoyed the uh, the ride up there. Kind of, it reminded of... of it reminded me of the time when you and I used to make that trip back in the day, going to Camp Lejeune to Orlando back and forth. Then over, uh, so I got back on uh, on Sunday morning, hung out here Sunday, and then a Monday had to drive over to Tampa for the Be Informed seminar that was this past Monday that was put up by Marsh McLennan Agency. <laughs> Stephanie Newton, Ty Harriet, Doug Bishop, they, put a, they did a great job putting those things together. And um, had a couple of meetings with clients, and now I'm back home relaxing, brother. Uh, it's about time. Welcome back from the long road trip all over the eastern seaboard. And what else do you have coming up before we get into our actual show for the day? What's on the oh, docket man. for you? Oh, dude, let me tell you, at the end of this month, let me tell you, we have the Jacksonville Sherm Conference. That is going to happen at the, oh, let me see. I got it right here, conference. I, I want to make sure I get that date right. It is the Sherm Jacksonville 14th Annual Conference, Building a Winning Playbook. It is on the 27th of April, and Johnny C. Taylor is going to be the Aquino speaker. Karen Nutter is also doing a session there. She is the executive trainer and coach and founder of CBK Advising. Suzette Rodriguez is also going to be there. She is a senior employment and, lit- and litigation counsel at DeMont. Chad Sorensen, president of Adapted HR Solutions, is also going to be there. And I believe he is the current president of HR Florida. Then you've got Rusty Bozeman, principal consultant at Workplace Synergistics Incorporated. And of course, I will be there as well, owner and chief HR consultant of Biosco Learning. I, yeah, that's hilarious. I will be the closing keynote session and will be the, um, the MC at the event. I cannot wait for that. Ricky Baez on the move. And then uh, feel free to stop by. Biasco.com, B-A-E-Z-C-O.com. We've only been doing this for six years, brother. Okay, <laughs> let's try that again. Uh-huh. Ready? Just stand by for me. And ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to, please stop by. April 19th, Cape Canaveral, Radisson Resort <laughs> of the Port, 8701 Astronaut Boulevard, the Space Coast HR Conference. <laughs> it's taking place that Wednesday. I'll be your MC for the event. You could also come by and get autographs from Ricky Baez, who will That's also right. have headshots available and the opportunity to sit down and interview you for a future episode of HR Talk, uh, capture a, a quick red carpet type discussion, typically like a five to seven minute piece talking about you, your business, your thoughts on the conference or your thoughts on HR in general. Speakers that day are going to be Chief Membership Officer of SHRM, Mike Aitken. He's the leading authority on issues important to the HR profession and drives Sherm's membership vision. Fantastic speaker. We're also going to have Troy Clements, director of HR Sunlight Solutions, vice president of the HR Florida State Council. Jerry Hefner, president, personal dynamics consulting group. He specializes in change management, corporate culture enhancement, and employee development. It's going to be very beautiful to hear from him. Also, Trina Pulliam, the president of Trainovations. She's a 26-year-old boutique consulting firm with a team of specialists focusing on the effectiveness of of just being amazing. Let me tell you, she's going to have a lot to learn about. And then, of course, the partners from Fort Harrison, Michelle Tatum-Bush and Louis D. Wilson are going to be there to do a deep dive into the employment labor concerns. So once again, that's going to be Space Coast HR Conference. April 19th, Wednesday, April 19th, Cape, Cape Canaveral, Florida, at the uh, Radisson Resort. I'm tripping over my words because I, I wanted to say stop by their website, SpaceCoastHRConference.com, for more details and information. But, Ricky, I know you want to promote your website one more time, so go ahead. Biasco.com, B-A-E-Z-C-O.com. There you go. Thank you. 
Current Events This Week is brought to us in part by no one. We don't have a sponsor for this portion of the program, so if you would like to step up to the plate and be the featured mm. sponsor for our Current Events segment, please feel free to reach out to Ricky Baez. What's that website again? Actually, my email, ebaez at baezco.com. That's ebaez at baezco.com. Or just give me a call, 407-501-8425. So with that being said, our current events segment is going to be rather large today uh, compared to other programs that we've done. There's a lot going on, and I'd like to start things off here with the North Carolina labor market. Ricky Baez, according to experts, the labor markets in North Carolina and its local areas are generally in good shape, despite some concerns right now. The state unemployment rate of 3.6% in February 2023 is lower than the end of 2022, and most cities have high rates in the range of 3%. However, some regions, such as the Durham, Chapel Hill, and Greensboro High Point areas, experienced negative growth, while others like Raleigh, Cary, and Charlotte, North Carolina, added many jobs. What's expected right now is more businesses to reduce job openings due to upcoming gas price increases, potentially leading to more hiring challenges for college graduates this summer. And despite this, workers and business owners need to be prepared for economic bumps in the future. Tech companies, including Amazon and Google, they've cut jobs and layoffs have also occurred at Walmart, GM, and FedEx. The Federal Reserve hopes for a slowdown in hiring, but the impact of interest rate hikes on jobs and the economy remains uncertain. Mm. We're taking a snapshot out of North Carolina today, but it's a snapshot that transcends the entire country. Ricky Baez, ahead of the jobs report at the time of this recording, with the thoughts of everything that was mentioned, good and bad in North Carolina, what's your thoughts on the uh, job market in general and things employers should look out for? I'm I'm really curious. I'm really excited for tomorrow to see the actual numbers because what we've been talking about for the past couple of months is how we hear more and more about layoffs, but yet how more powerful the job market ha- is becoming, which I want to say, which has to be true, that it, it's it just the layoffs it just hasn't caught up to it yet. And I, I, I'm hoping to at least see it tomorrow. Not that that's what I'm hoping for, but it gives me a little bit more... Uh, a warm, fuzzy feeling that the numbers we're getting are correct. So, but in general, what people need to look out for is right now, don't hit that panic button. Just, just take a step back, talk to your finance people, talk to your CF, to, to your CFO's team, just to see what exactly are we preparing for in the future? Are we on track? And if you have to lay things off, lay people off, focus on those empty positions first. If we have to go that route. When we think about the people that are walking into your boutique and taking a number off the ticket counter as you slice up their prosciutto, do they have these same concerns? The employee or the customer? The person that you're working with at the boutique. As you're combing their hair, gently massaging their skin, whatever it is that you're doing in the boutique. Are they concerned about the jobs report and the numbers, et cetera? I don't think they're concerned about it. Depends on what they do for a living. I, I, I highly doubt they'll be concerned about that number. Now, the people who will be concerned are business owners, um, HR folks. They will be definitely be concerned on that in Wall Street, obviously. Um, and but the you regular person, work with business owners and HR people in the boutique consulting firm that you have, mm-hmm. right? So from their perspective, what are you hearing in regards to this stuff right now? Future forecast, Not, job market, loss, et cetera? No, just so you you hear two things there, JC. You hear the people who are overall worried about just for being worried and that person who just lost their job. Right, because the person who just who just what w- was was just laid off doesn't really care about the, that that jobs numbers report, they care about getting that next job. And that's happening here in Orlando because I know Disney just announced last week there's thousands of layoffs. Um, we just don't know if it's going to be, in, I think I read it's going to be in the parks and that's just going to start a slew of layoffs as well because Universal and SeaWorld may be not too far behind. So right now, people are concerned, are concerned because there's a lot of layoffs happening and people are wondering if they're next. 
Right now, these that's that's what I'm hearing from my neighbors and people in my community. Um, but from an HR perspective, business is good. The stock market ahead of the jobs report. This one's coming to us from finance.yahoo.com. Uh, the article from Yahoo Finance does provide live updates on the stock market. Feel free to stop by, check out their ticker. But the S&P 500 and NASDAQ both saw a slight increase while the Dow Jones Industrial Average had a minor decline. Tech stocks like Apple and Amazon experienced gains, while financial stocks like J.P. Morgan <clears throat> and Goldman Sachs are sitting on losses. Um, the latest economic data, including an increase in jobless claims, and a rise in oil prices is of concern. Most notably, company news like Microsoft's announcement of new products and Tesla's expansion plans into Europe are also stoking the flames of fear and promise. A lot of concerns about the stock market ahead of the jobs report, Ricky. From the it's, from the business yeah. owner perspective. Talk to it's me. It's effective. Yeah, I mean, as they should, as they should, because, you know, you got all these Wall Street um, investment bankers who have a lot of stake in these big organizations, and they have to wonder if they're going to have to scale back on their payroll or not. If you scale back on payroll, you're going to run into concerns because if you scale back too much, your product quality uh, suffers, your customer service suffers. So how far do you peel back? So, yes, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and Unfortunately, people at the very top of these organizations normally care more about the shareholder instead of the stock, the people who are involved in the whole process. So we'll see what happens. It's really fascinating that you bring up the uh, the numbers like that. The next article here is uh, summarized to us from CNBC.com. Payroll increase ahead of the jobs report, according to a report from payroll processing firm ADP on Wednesday. Private sector hiring in the United States decelerated in March, believe it or not. The report showed that company payrolls only rose by 145000 for the month, which is down from an upward trend of 261000 in February and below the Dow Jones estimate for 210000 The data suggests that U.S. economic growth may be heading for a sharp, sharp <laughs> slowdown or maybe even a recession. Although there were some gains in the leisure and hospitality, construction and natural resources and mining sectors, there's also significant job loss in financial activities, professional and business services, and manufacturing. Annual pay rose at a slower rate of 6.9% in March, down from 7.2% in February. The ADP report serves as a precursor to Friday's Non-farm payrolls report from the Labor Department as well. <sighs> it's cyclical. It is. After the pandemic, there was there was nowhere to go but up, right? And there was a big boom. But what happens when you have something so big with a lot of momentum? You don't stop where you need to stop. So you start applying those breaks slowly, a little bit too early or maybe too late. And the next thing you know, you're going way too far. You top out and you start coming back down. So remember a couple of years ago, we were hiring like crazy. And I mean like crazy. I had a client who was losing recruiters left and right. Really good recruiters. But because somebody else was dangling, you know, just more money over their head. Only to find out when they jump ship, they go over there and they find out they're not going to make as much money as they thought they did. And either they got laid off or they want to come back. So here's what we have right now. Things skyrocket, it's coming down, and it's only going to come up from here. So just give us some time. I've seen this movie before. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just like Ricky said, the economy will tank, and we're all going to be out of a job. Thank you, Ricky. I did not say that. I thought not you just did. No, I did not say that. Okay. I said just... There's rough waters before you get to the calm ones. Ah, yes. Speaking about rough waters. Going all the way across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, protests have erupted across France following President Emmanuel Macron's announcement of his support for controversial new law. The legislation in question aims to limit the power of unions and introduce more flexibility in the labor market. 
The French government maintains that these reforms are crucial for economic growth and reducing unemployment. However, opponents argue that the changes will result in job insecurity and diminished workers' rights. Thousands of people have participated in demonstrations against the proposed law. Many went to protest, carrying their emotional support dogs. Ricky Bias, back to you. I don't know about the emotional support dogs. I've been following this for weeks, man. It is interesting what's happening over there. What? So, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, the government decided to reduce the retirement age from 64, from no, increase from 62 to 64, two years. But I don't think that's why people are upset. The, the reason people are upset is because that was something that was proposed. I believe it was supposed to go for a vote, but, but the, the executives in that, in that government, they decided, they thought they, it wasn't going to pass. So they found a loophole into their, into their process over there to go ahead and, and pass this without any input from anybody else. That's why they're pissed. That's why they're upset. And I, I gotta say, look, I'm not a big union person. But dang, what's happening over there? It, it's it's people better be listening, because if this succeeds, you're going to start to see more of that in other places until you hit a government that's a little bit more forceful, and then you're going to see some bloodshed. So that's not what I want to see. But what's happening in France over there right now is really interesting. Nothing about that is silence. That's it. I mean, yes, and seen. So while the new proposed laws are French in nature, they also address the difficult issue of restitution of human remains and looted objects from other countries. I think, I think, uh, I do believe as I'm reading this, if it said I love lamp, I'd probably read it too. <laughs> wow. Uh, did Chad GPT translate this for us or, yeah. or summarize this? <laughs> okay, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Let's just move well, on to the that, next story. That's where my rap came from, from, from Chat GPT. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, anything else on the French protest before we move on? We've got a lot to cover. No, it's today. just, it's just really interesting. And, uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Your next article here comes to us from the independent.co.uk. Cash App dude stabbed with a shiv on the mean streets of San Fran. The founder of Cash App, Bob Lee, was fatally stabbed during a random mugging in San Francisco's downtown area. Witnesses reportedly did not assist Lee as he searched for help while mortally wounded. The incident occurred outside a luxury residential building on Main Street, and Lee was confirmed dead by friends and colleagues. The police are investigating the case, and no arrests have been made. Lee was formerly the CTO of Block and was serving as chief product officer at MobileCoin when he died. A friend of Lee's stated that he had relocated to Miami due to his concerns about San Francisco's declining condition. Mm. And then he was shivved in San Fran. Ricky Baez, back to you. So when the pandemic started, there was a lot of big-name people with a lot of tax dollars moving away from that state away from California, especially uh, in San Francisco. I believe um, Larry Ellison moved out of there. Not a, lot of, a lot of prominent names have left. And because the crime is getting bad, property values are going down and just taxes are going crazy. That state, I feel bad for everybody there, but a situation like this, what happened to this CEO, just, you know, somebody who's, you know, just not just a regular Joe, right, over in San Francisco and Silicon Valley, I think, unfortunately, this is going to create more of a bigger exodus and the people who are not able, who don't have the resources to leave are not going to be able to. It's just going to get worse over there. My heart goes out to the uh, to the uh, family, but I just really hope that something happens, uh, something changes in San Francisco and California in general because it's just not looking good. How many people are leaving San Francisco uh, on the regular? Um, I don't know on the regular. I do know who, uh, somebody who rented a U-Haul. This was a few years ago and Sam and the U-Haul company was charging way more 
way more for people leaving the area than people coming into the area. So according to uh, KRON4, your Bay Area's San Francisco news source, KRON4, according to data, there were 30,200 people looking to leave San Francisco just in January alone. This is a decrease from January 2022 when 41,500 home buyers plan to leave. According, This is according to Redfin data. The vast majority of them are re- relocating to Sacramento or north of Seattle, a.k.a. Canada. Canada? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's all I got on that one for you. Um, really sad uh, how Man. things have uh, taken a turn there. Uh, condolences go out to uh, his family as well. Don't you have family in, San Fr- in, uh, in California? Oh, uh, yeah. I thought you did. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, in Modesto. I have a brother. Well, I mean, shit, I do too. But yes, I know you he's do. Not That's leaving. right. <laughs> I know he's not leaving. He's not leaving. He, he, he's got the beautiful life over there with the farm. So we need to have him on the show. We did one time, didn't we? Uh, yeah, but then you had me edit that out. Um, so <laughs> we could do that in May. Let's both fly out there. I'm kidding. No, I can't. I know. I can't. All right, the U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission, the EEOC, they've got something cooking. They've Uh-oh. asked the federal appeals court to revive a lawsuit against Uber Technologies Incorporated, alleging that its system allowing passengers to rate drivers is racist. The EEOC filed a friend of the court brief supporting an appeal by an Asian-American driver, Thomas Liu who claims that the five-star rating system is biased and improperly relies on passenger evaluations. The lawsuit was dismissed by a San Francisco-based judge last year, citing lack of statistical evidence. But the EEOC argued that Lou's survey of thousands of Uber drivers was enough to send the case to trial. The EEOC's involvement in the case is considered persuasive because the agency is responsible for interpreting federal anti-discrimination laws. Back to you. Is Lou a passenger or a contractor for Uber? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand who is Lou. He's an Asian American driver. Ah, so he's okay. Got it. So, look, I would, I would support his claim if I can see his driving record. Right. Let me see his driving record. That 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 should be an easy document to review to see if this is something that can actually go to court for. It's it, it's it's that's what I. Why is the EEOC involved then? Something there's more to that story. Something is missing. Something else happened for the EEOC to step in. That's it. <laughs> that's all I have for that one. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your weekly TikTok roundup. All TikToks to be played today have been personally vetted by Ricky Baez himself. That's right. All right, so here it... Oh, whoa, go ahead. No longer do we have an intern doing it. No, it is now me, and this is from... I'm trying to get her name properly... HR Life 2. That's what it says. Things you wish you could say in an interview. That's all the formal questions I had. Uh, any questions for me? Yes, thank you. I have one. Uh, just how f***ed up is this place? Uh, and please feel free to elaborate. Great question. Uh, on a scale of everyone steals the office supplies to the ceo hired his entire family is embezzling money and is having an affair with an intern uh we're all of the above (laughs) but we do get pizza on fridays don't you just love pizza fridays jc doesn't that just make everything better it doesn't matter what's happening in the office people still go to the office yeah some people do believe it or not But, but look wouldn't it be awesome if you can ask honest questions like that in an interview and they actually gave you an honest answer? <laughs> you have a point just, there. Just imagine that for a second. I would love if, if, if everything wasn't that honest. But yeah, anyway, those are things that go through people's minds, and that's it. Now, this is one that I found interesting. This is somebody. Uh, this is L- Lavish All. 
things I will never do after being in HR for 10 years. I've seen a lot of these lately. Here are three things I would never do after working in HR for almost 10 years. Number one, do not be too personal. Sharing too much does not do you any good at any point in your career, especially when you know that you're trying to move up, you're trying to establish yourself as a reputable person within a company. Do not overshare. It will only come back to haunt you. Number two, you will never catch me being humble ever again. I used to think being humble was going to get me far. People would appreciate me and say, oh, she's nice. And no, so many successful women I work with are far from humble and will literally make sure that they enter a room and their presence is felt. Never catch me being humble again. And number three, you will not catch me at company functions like happy hours, holiday parties for longer than an hour and a half. The truth is people start drinking, stuff starts happening, and I do not want to be associated. I think I need to do a part two because I have so many of these. Okay. All right. So number two, the whole being humble thing. um, At what point does does the maturity level increase and she starts to understand part of the importance of interpersonal relationships and you can still be a power presence in the room with a aspect of being humble while not being that person with air quotes that Mm -hmm. is overbearing demeaning and nobody wants to work with because you're just the ladder climber burning bridges so at some point a little humility does go a long way And there's an art form that comes into your presence as you mature. And you understand that the world of work, just like your personal life and everything in between, has the ability to live in the gray. You you don't have to definitively be one thing or another. You know, if I walk in a room and I push hard today and I'm the alpha dog, do I walk in the room and do that every single time? Well, Possibly I could if that's the demeanor I want to portray. But if I want to grow my team, if I want to build trusting relationships, if I want to leverage empathy and interpersonal communication and and actually value people around me, I also know when to pull the e-brake and when to shut my mouth and open my ears and listen to others, not just listening to respond, but listening to connect, listening to actually understand. And there's a certain level of humility that comes with the fact that sometimes you you just got to close your mouth and, and go with it to represent your own ideas in a different demeanor and perspective. It sounds to me, and this is just my humble opinion, that she's at a different point in time in her career and at a certain level on the ladder where she feels the need to not be so humble. And she's been burned a couple times. She's probably been burned a lot. You know what? She's probably being burned right now, Rick. <laughs> I don't know if she's being burned right now. Yeah, right now. But <clears throat> right now. No, she's not. So because I think Does everyone have to walk in the room and bowl over everybody else to not no, be humble? Absolutely not. And that, or, right. This is what I'm getting at. What I think what she's talking about is it's being humble as far it, it because okay. I grew up in an environment. Now you're uh, hang on said, though. Hang on though. You're humble, my humble, her humble could be three different humbles. Well, I'm trying to calibrate, okay, because you're right, two completely, three completely different things. But when I grew up in my career, what I was always told is if you work hard, just work hard, 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 things will happen to you. I learned I was half right. You have to work hard, but if nobody sees the output, nobody sees the value of that work, you're not going to get anywhere. People and, and have to be see your the own champion. The be your own champion. Bring it to the table. Exactly. Within reason. Within, Within reason. Yes. Exactly. Right? There has to be a good balance because you don't want to bowl people over. You don't want to go. You don't want to be that guy, that that girl that as soon as you walk into a room, you're like, ah, oh, everybody shuts down because they know you're going to dominate everything. You want to be beast enough to have your the impact of your work felt. And you got to make sure the right people feel it. But when it's time to talk about it, that's when the humility comes in. As long as they know who you are, you're good. But you've got to put that balance out there to make sure you're approachable. And exactly how you said, you start building those solid relationships that are going to take you to the next level. That was the first one, right? Or the second one? (laughs) The first one was... It's okay to be humble and be respectful of others. It really is. Mm-hmm. And you can be your own champion at the same time. You can celebrate your successes. When you accomplish something big, take a moment to acknowledge your hard work and the effort that you put in. Yep. 
And if people helped you out along the way, give them credit. Credit where give credit them is credit, due. Dude. Don't yep. take don't take credit for other people's work. Don't do that. Bring them to the table. And if you can't carry them to the next level with you, give them credit for helping you get to where you were. That's Focus right. on your own self improvement. Being your own champion doesn't mean you have to stop trying to get better. Instead, keep striving to improve yourself and your skills. Set goals for yourself and work towards them with dedication and commitment. And be respectful of those around you. Be humble. Being humble means treating others with kindness and respect. It doesn't mean that you're going to collapse into a shell. That comes down to our perspective, right? Recognize that everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. And be willing to learn from others. Be open to feedback and constructive criticism. And use it as an opportunity to grow. That's the hard one. You and I talk about that quite a bit. There's this um, thought leader that I follow on the social medias. You don't know who this person is, trust me. But you definitely need to start following. Uh, just just search out Get Courageous, right? And and it was talking about constructive criticism and, and feedback and having tough discussions. It's not the fact that you can't have them. You should be having tough discussions. But how's that go, Rick? It's something to do with like the way that you have the tough discussion, right? It's it's how you communicate and how people receive the message you're trying to send is more important than the message itself. That's what it is. And you said it earlier, JC. You said instead yes, of listening to respond, just listen to understand. As soon as you stop waiting for your turn to talk and start focusing on better understanding the other person's point of view, you're going to start to see your arguments and I say that in quotes, it, are your arguments are going to get better. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean by it gets better as in you get even louder. No, it gets better because you understand the other person's point of oh, view. Oh, but wait, though. You might be humble if you do that. You might be too humble, Rick. Oh, humble. Humble is not a bad word. And I don't. It's ab- not a bad word. I don't like the. No. She, she went down that path. Look, don't shy away from challenges, ladies and gentlemen, or difficult yeah. situations. See them as opportunities to learn and grow. Approach the challenges that you're faced with a positive attitude and a willingness to try new things. And ultimately, at the end of the day, stay grounded. Stay grounded. Remember where you came from and the people who helped you get to where you are. Don't let your success change who you are as a person. Stay humble. Stay grounded. Continue to work hard and achieve those goals. You do it the other way like she was talking. Yes, there's a sense of empowerment. Yes, you should be doing that. Yes, be your own champion. But you're really going to upset some people along the way. And you don't know what you don't know. And until you know what you don't know, you don't know. I know. And you might need those people in the future. You know? I do. And that's the last part I want to I wanna highlight here on this little soapbox that I'm on. People <laughs> use the term. You do, I, I don't know what I don't know. Well, of course, of course you don't know what you don't know. But it's better to know what you don't know. If you can self-admit that you know that you don't know these things, it allows you to reposition yourself in the discussion. And if you have to fall on your sword, if you have to take a moment to research a topic and come back to the table, a little humility along with the humbleness goes a long way. I'm I'm gonna get down off. It's, I back to you. <laughs> no, that was good because because you're right. At the end of the day, JC, what you're saying is there has to be that perfect balance. There has to be that perfect balance. You got to be able to connect with the power hitter leaders and the lower key leaders and the employees who are easy to guide and the ones that are not so easy to guide. You've got to be relatable. You've got to be approachable. You have to be that team player. I'm with you 100%. All right. Over to you. I've finished dissecting this one. I've said too much and gone on too long. What else you got on this one? yeah, she says she's not going to go to happy hour for more, for no more than an hour and a half because people start saying things. You know what? It, it's, it's, I don't believe in that one, right? Because it's, I've obviously I've stayed at happy hour longer than an hour and a half. And before I just don't want to put a time frame on it. 
if I'm having a great conversation with the team, I'm not going to say, oh, my my Apple Watch just told me I have to go. No, I'm going to stick around and have a great conversation with the team. I want to be able to build that relationship with them. So I don't agree with that one. It sounds like she grew up in an environment, work environment, where a lot of that was happening, and I completely understand where she's coming from. Yeah, and to uh, some of the listeners that are going to hear you and me talking about this, all they're going to say is, oh, it's just two old guys mansplaining. So everything we said was irrelevant, right? One old guy. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you have another TikTok? I do. Okay. All right. This one is from Chloe Bartwish. Five things I will never do as a manager. <laughs> this is good. I recently got promoted to a manager, and these are five things I will never do to my direct reports. And time to listen up because we got to change the mentality of corporate America. It's getting old. PTO requests, never getting denied. It is my job as a manager to make sure everything is covered for when someone wants to take PTO. And sorry, but people's personal lives are way more important than work. Take the PTO. Bouncing off of that, you're not working overtime. If it's your time to go, freaking leave, man. I'm not going to act like I don't trust my employee. People who don't trust who they work with are micromanagers. Or I'm not going to be a power hoarder. Nope. I'm going to share everything that I know in hopes this employee becomes greater than me, honestly. People who hoard knowledge for power need to leave. Five, I'm not going to take you down for your mistakes. Your mistake is my mistake. We make mistakes and we all learn from them. It's freaking fine. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? I don't have any thoughts. I want you to go first. So for this one, all right. The one and two, very, very wrong. She's going to get in trouble for that. This is, this is somebody who just got promoted and is so happy that she got that job that she's overcompensating by re- being too nice to the employee. She's trying too hard to be the employee's friend. So the first one, PTO requests never getting denied. Are you serious? So if five people already requested time off for that Friday, and you only have a team of, I don't know, six, and you need five people to run that, that sixth person, the only person showing up to work, are you going to approve that person's PTO on that day? Close, no, you're not. Close the business. Yeah, oh, yeah right. You're not going to do that. So, no, PTO requests will be approved depending on whether you can afford the person to be out of work. At the end of the day, that's what you need to do. If you approve every single PTO request, your it's your business is going to suffer really, really fast. Number two, not working overtime. You're not going to make them work overtime. So if your business is saying, hey, we're short-staffed, we need customers, these customers to be taken care of, you need to force X amount of employees to work overtime. You're not going to do that? Your business is going to suffer. This is the type of leadership that need not to be in leadership because they're too friendly with the employees. Now, yes, you have to build those relationships, but people need to understand the business comes first. Yes. What about your family? What about your family though? What about medical needs? Don't those things come first? Well, they obviously those, those things do come first, but I'm talking about her decision-making. Her decision-making does not have the business best interest in mind. Uh, it's it's it just doesn't now number three she's a hundred percent right spot on you've got to be able to trust your employees do not micromanage them i applaud that number four uh a power hoarding that she it's it's she's not going to withhold any knowledge good for her because exactly how she said it is how i feel i'm going to teach everything to my employees and if they if they pass me Awesome. I'll be happy for them. Let them get promoted. And number five, which is what the best one of all, never throw your employees under the bus. Their mistake is your mistake. So you have to own it. One and two, she is, she is not even in the same ballpark. Three, four, and five is absolutely spot on. I have nothing to add. You did great. Yeah, I know. What else do you have? All right. Then we have, oh, let's talk about mistakes at work. Right, so this is from Carly Ann Harris, and she's talking about what happens when you make a mistake at work. Check it out. You made a major mistake at work. Don't worry. Here's what you do. Number one, own it. You made the mistake. 
Number two, be able to articulate why you made the mistake. You were missing information. You failed to ask a question. You were late on the execution, whatever it is. Make sure you know why you made the mistake and be able to talk about what you learned from that mistake and then talk about how you're going to fix it. Go get them. Spot on. Spot Totally spot on. on. Yeah. If you make a mistake, do not hide it. Do not run away for it, from it. Admit to it. Figure out where the mistake happens. Figure out what you're going to do to fix it and be able to articulate that and learn from it. If the first time you make a mistake like that and, and you serve it like that to them in a platter and they just hammer you for it, find somewhere else to work. Find somewhere else to work because the culture is toxic. Now, if the same mistake keeps happening over and over and over again, you have to expect the, that hammer to come down. So either you self-eject or they're going to self-eject for you if you keep making those mistakes over. So that's spot on advice. I like Anything it. Anything to add to that? No, I like it. Good stuff, right? Yeah. I know. I know. All right. Now, here's we ah. What about company loyalty? Right? Vi- oh, Ride or really die, as they say. Let's see. I for the same company for eight years, and in that time, I was noted as a high achiever and was given top marks on every performance evaluation. I was promoted into my first leadership position after four years and then was promoted every year since for the next three. And on the day that I handed in my letter of resignation, my boss said to me, thanks. He came into my office a few hours later and said, pack your stuff and don't bother coming back. The relationship that you have with your organization is just like any other relationship. You have to pay attention to their behavior, look out for the abusers, and don't give your loyalty where it's not reciprocated or respected. So that was uh, crazy coaching. And she's right about that. She any it's the same it's the same difference as any other relationship. Now remember. It's there are 49 of the 50 states in the U.S. are employment at will, right? Montana is the only holdout, but everywhere else they can let you go for whatever reason. So if you don't have a good relationship with your boss, you're not doing good at work. If you put in a two week notice, there's a, there's a really good chance they may just take it and, and, and accept it immediately. A good organization will still pay you out for those two weeks, but they don't have to. Because I've been in some organizations, some of my clients, where, you know what, that pay one you, employee you decided out. to leave. Pay you out. They still have to pay you, but pay you out. Pay you out, pay you, and you walk. They'll pay you out for the rest of the time. Right. For that. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? No, I just wanted to clarify. As you said, pay you out. Pay you, and you just go away. Pay you in advance. <laughs> yes. Pay you in advance, <laughs> yes. and you just go. Not don't show up for the next two weeks. Here you not go. Here's just, check. You know, you go away and then they never pay you for those two weeks. <laughs> no, that's not what's going on. No. So <laughs> employment at will. But well, you don't work here anymore, so I choose not to pay you. You know. <laughs> no, that's illegal. Still, that. no, so. I know. I <laughs> had someone do that once. Well, okay. Mm. All right. Here's another one. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. All right, here is the biggest lie about remote work. I'm trying to read this guy's name. It's kind of fuzzy, but I'll see if I can find it later. Biggest lie about remote work. The biggest lie about working from home that I've seen on TikTok is that working from home is just full of taking naps or eating snacks or watching films or playing video games or trying to find a way for your mouse to keep clicking so that your boss thinks you're working. In reality, I'm just busy. I've got a lot to do. That was just Luke Morgan. <laughs> so, so you know what? He brings up a good point because there's some people, there are some people who they figure out ways how, how to have not one, not two, but three remote jobs at the same time. Yeah, I don't understand where, that. I don't, I don't get how people could I, do that. You know? Oh, I know. I know they they apply for all these different organizations, maybe five, ten. They start working there because I know somebody that 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 did this. You do. They start working, dude. We we'll we'll talk. So what they'll do, they'll they'll interview, they'll start talking to these managers, and once they got the job, the jobs where the managers pay attention to the numbers are the ones they know call no show, and they don't show up anymore. So then the one, two, or three jobs where they don't really pay attention to it, 
they just go ahead and learn the lingo, learn what to say, what to send here, what to send there, especially in some IT positions. And they'll have two or even three jobs and just saying regular words, sending emails, nothing is really happening. And they can still do it because they're not in an office and nobody's watching them. So that is the manager's fault. It's you'll be shocked, JC, how many organizations uh, have such an uh, have such an in sorry phone call is coming in have such an um, in uh, uh, inefficient way how to manage time and how to manage employees. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, because if some managers who do not uh, uh, it's properly manage people's work, they just let things slide. They're paying a paycheck. They're paying yeah. a yeah. salary and not getting anything in return. Very so true. that's really inefficient. So that happens every now and then, but hold on. Give me one second. Oh, you have to take a phone call during the podcast. No, gotcha. I don't. I'm making sure that I let people know I'm recording. That's what's happening right now. All right. Let's go for another one. Oh, what about this? I'm trying to get the, I'll get the name later. Excuse me. Oh my God. Um, fuck that job. Yeah, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but f*** that job, okay? I myself am like a professional job quitter because I'll dip, I'll dip. Um, <laughs> so this company that I work for that will go unnamed, uh, we had some beef because they scheduled a meeting. My availability, by the way, is from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I have kids. I'm a single mother, okay? Um, I have to get them to school. That's when I can be at work. Anyway, they schedule a meeting. They don't offer a Zoom option. The meeting's an hour away, which will cost me $20 in gas. I will be able to make, after taking my school, my kids to school, I will be able to make about 30 minutes of that meeting, meaning I will get paid $8. They're also not paying me travel time. So I'm spending $20 in gas to go to a meeting to make $8. I'm missing all of that billable time with my clients to go back. I let them know this is a problem for me, right? I'm not going to pay to go to a meeting. Like, can you guys offer a Zoom inclusive option? They say, no. I say, cool. Here's my resignation. People like, people act like I just am like, have the audacity, I guess, that I'll just quit a job, but I will because they don't give a about me. They don't give a about you. They give a about profits. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. And also people that get mad at you for advocating for yourself are just bitter because they're too much of a to advocate for themselves and they feel like they secretly like don't deserve it because of this weird like culture we're raised in. But mm, mm. Aunt Kenzie says it's okay. That job. Good job, baby girl. That was Kenzie Dust Therapy. <laughs> oh boy, so much for being PG thirteen. Because what what is it, five times you can say it? So look, um, there's a lot missing there. There's a lot missing there. Something is going on. Um, it, it, it's there has to be more to that story. And look, I'm not gonna get mad at her for quitting. Look, then quit. If you cannot do what needs to be done for the job, okay, fine. We'll find somebody else who who would. Now, I'm not saying that just because she's a single mother or she has kids. I do have compassion for that. But I know a lot of single mothers who make it happen. They make it happen. There's something else in that story that 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 she's not letting us know that will leave for the organization to do that. So I, maybe, maybe they did that three weeks ago and plenty of time to make arrangements if they need the person to be there. I mean, no. So if you want to F that job, fine, go ahead. We'll find somebody else. You're right. We do care about profits. That's why it's called a for profit organization. So do you. You also care about profits because you need a job to pay your bills. Why is that such a bad thing? Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, I tuned her out when she started swearing. That was about it. Hey, we're at that time of the program where we've got some other things to do. Uh huh. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories today brought to you in part by the expert vetting that takes place for the clips that we play every week. Brought to us in part by no one. We don't have a sponsor. So please feel free to reach out. All right. With that being said, our first one is Mickey Mouse Milk Thieves. Two men from Florida have been accused of stealing 
nearly $1 million worth of milk. The Polk County Sheriff's Office said the men, along with two others, stole refrigerated trailers filled with the dairy product from the Southeast Milk Plant in Auburndale. The suspects then allegedly sold the milk to a buyer who was unaware it had been stolen. The men faced multiple charges, including grand theft and dealing in stolen property. The Sheriff's Office estimates the value of the stolen milk at $930,000. The investigation is ongoing, and the authorities believe more arrests may be made. In the great milk caper of 2023, Ricky buys back to you. I was totally unaware there was this underground illegal milk selling scheme. JC, when was the last time you bought a gallon of milk in an alley? <laughs> I've, I mean, I've never bought a gallon of milk in an alley, right? Right. I mean, where 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 do these folks? I mean, they have to have a market a a a, a market for this. For them to risk jail time to steal almost a million dollars worth of milk, I mean, it's just it's just odd to me. It's a lot of milk. But, <laughs> and could you imagine if it was an inside? Now, let's say that was an inside job, right? Because in Orlando, we have a place called the Milk District. Uh, so it's called the Milk District because it's T.G. Lee Milk was headquarter or it, it was headquarters there years ago or still there or something like that. But there's a lot of uh, 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 nice bars that are in the area right now. But I'm thinking, what if the person, the, the reason they were able to pull this off is if they had an HR manager that was in on it, that kind of gave some codes and all these things. That's why it's important to always, always check people's backgrounds and always make sure that the there is a lot of documentation documentation about security in an organization because if not i'm not saying that's what happened in this story but you may have some people leaking information and next thing you know you are millions of dollars short in product you know what would be really cool is if uh if if there were more tools made available to not-for-profit organizations to assist them in conducting background checks of individuals as they go to donate their time Mm, that would be nice. Yeah, uh, like uh, not not anything you got to charge for. I was just thinking like about free. it from a different perspective, you know, pro bono. Yeah, from a different perspective. Like, you know, what if uh, what if it was a not for profit that was at risk? You know, I don't know. It's intriguing. It is. Our last story of the day, the Florida woman embezzlement story. Christina M. Ballard, 53-year-old resident of Largo, Florida, was sentenced to three years in prison after being found guilty of embezzling more than $270,000 from a not-for-profit organization based in Washington, D.C. Ballard was the director of finance at the not-for-profit from August 2014 to December 2020 when she was fired for for performance. She started embezzling funds from the organization just four days after being indicted in Arlington County, Virginia for embezzling from a previous employer. In March 2022, Ballard pled guilty to wire fraud. And in addition to the prison term, she was ordered to serve three years of supervised release and pay $271,465.86 in restitution and an identical amount in forfeiture money. Ballard was investigated by the FBI's Washington field office and prosecuted by Assistant U.S. Attorney Connie Kleinman with assistance from paralegal specialist Michonne Tart and former paralegal specialist Angeline Dukumthala. Ricky Baez, back to you. How do you... Okay, no, she was employed from 2014 to December 2020, but it doesn't say that's how much she stole in that time. Because in six years, you should be able to know where money is going. I mean, yes, she was the director of finance, but she reports to somebody. Again, folks, you have got to be involved in your employee's work. You have to. Now, I'm not saying micromanage, right? But remember, what gets inspected gets done. What gets measured gets done. And if you're measuring things and you're holding people accountable to where the ball is, you should be able to catch these things early and it should not take six years. It's insane. So I'm glad they caught her and I'm glad she did some jail time. But 
Folks, you've got to pay attention to this. That's what I was saying earlier. Organizations, if they paid more attention to the job that they're doing, they'll be able to run their businesses more efficient. That's what they would do. So that's all I have for that one. <laughs> We're at that time of the program where it's time for final thoughts. Going around the room, Ricky Baez, final thoughts, please. Final thoughts. You know what? I'm going to use this to promote the next coming events because the event that's happening on April 27th over in Jacksonville, the uh, the uh, stream conference, there's going to be a big emphasis on mental health. There's going to be an emphasis on putting together that HR playbook, that winning HR playbook. So again, that is is the Sherm Jacksonville building a winning HR playbook April 27th. Go ahead and go to ShermJax, that's J-A-X.com, and you'll be able to find the information there. And also, JC, myself and a great, great friend of mine and a fellow HR practitioner, her name is Janine Crocky. She and I will be doing the Recruiting in 2023 and Beyond webinar, Strategy for Success. That is on May 17th at 1 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. It it um the um webinar will count for one Sherm credit hour PDC. That way you can get your certification. You can find you can register for this on biesco.com under Biesco Learning Classes. You don't have it's been our pleasure to be here for you today. Don't forget, April 19th, stop by the Renison Resort at the Port, Cape Canaveral, for the 2023 Space Coast HR Conference. The conference is expected to be approved for six professional development credits towards SHRM SCP and CP recertification. It's also expected to be approved for six general recertification credits towards the APHR, PHR, PHRCA, SPHR, GPHR, PHRI, <laughs> and SPHRI through HRCI. A certificate showing the hours approved will be provided to all attendees. Stop by the conference. Come say hi. Love to shake your hand, hear from you. Love hearing your stories, too. And with that, stop by the table. Ricky Baez is going to be recording interviews that day. Tell your story. Get it on a future episode of HR Talk. Let's do a little red carpet interview with you and make the magic happen. So we'll see you coming up Wednesday, April 19th at the Radisson Resort of the Port, Cape Canaveral for the 2023 Space Coast HR Conference. On behalf of Ricky Baez, I'm JC. Drive safe. Have a good night. I got a four-year-old Calzone. I'm going to be okay.